and every one of you. And he has given you certain gifts and talents. That, where'd that come from? Oh yeah, all right, excellent. Well, good morning and welcome to Renew. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Uh, If I have never had an opportunity to meet you before in person, uh, like Shelly said, my name is Kyle and I'm one of the pastors over at Cedarbrook. I'm the lead pastor over there in Menominee. Uh, My family and I have lived in Menominee for 13 years and been on staff at Cedarbrook that entire time. Uh, But I'm always thrilled when Pastor Jamie reaches out and asks if I'll come over here and be a part of Renew for the Day. It's super fun to be with you guys. Jamie and I uh, have actually been friends for more than 20 years now. Actually, uh, I think that we were friends just slightly before he and Emily got married. Uh, and so we, we've been buddies for a long time, and it is certainly a pleasure <clears throat> to be able to serve in ministry with a friend like that and to be able to come uh, so, to allow him to be off on vacation. Well, now we're going to jump into our message, uh, and I have to start by saying that I'm going to admit something to you this morning that I'm not super proud of, all right? Can we be honest? I, I hate to admit this, but one of my favorite things to do is to watch YouTube videos, but specifically watch YouTube videos of people doing stupid stuff. Like, raise your hand if you can identify with this. Like, like people falling and tripping over themselves or embarrassing themselves in some way. Now, it's not like my regular time waster. I don't do this all the time. I didn't spend like hours prepping to show you a video montage this morning. But, <clears throat> but while I'm sitting on the couch playing a game with one of my kids, I often have my favorite YouTube channel Fail Army on the screen. Anybody ever watched Fail Army before? Okay, if you have not, it's worth watching, but you might get sucked in. I mean, people do some seriously stupid stuff, right? Like, maybe you have been on Fail Army and you're like, I wish they didn't mention that this morning. I mean, we could come up with Example after example after example, in the category of dumb things that people say, I want to nominate this morning Miss Alabama from the Miss USA contest several years ago. She was asked this question. She was asked, if you could live forever, would you and why? And brilliantly, she responded like this. She answered, I wouldn't live forever because we should not live forever. Because if we are supposed to live forever, then we would live forever, but we cannot live forever, which is why we should not live forever. You got all that? I'm not sure exactly what she said, but I don't think she won. Okay, now this one is in the category of dumb things people do. This one did not have a video. It was just on fail blog, but I couldn't help but laughing at a guy named John Bluer who mistook a tube of super glue for his hemorrhoid cream. Yeah, you can imagine the rest of that story. I don't even need to finish it for you. I mean, people do the dumbest 
things. People do the stupidest things. And we could go on and on of all the stupid things that others have done. But has anybody ever done something really dumb? I see a couple of heads nod. Okay, think about one or two of those really stupid things you have done. Some of the things that would make your top ten list. And on the count of three, you're going to turn to your neighbor on your... No, we're not going to do that. Of course we're not going to do that. But what I will do is I will reveal my top five dumbest things I have done this month. This should make you appreciate Pastor Jamie even more, okay? Like if you didn't appreciate him enough, at least your pastor didn't do these five things. Coming in at number five, the fifth dumbest thing I did in the last month was I rode my bike without my helmet. Anybody relate? Okay, only two of you are allowed to admit it. Okay, I see how it goes. Number four, the fourth dumbest thing I did in the last month was I sent a text to the wrong person. I see a few more head nods, people willing to admit that one. The third dumbest thing that I did in the last month was stay up late, binge watching the movie 13 Lives on Prime Video. Has anybody seen this movie? It was that uh, Indonesian soccer team of like 10-year-old boys who got stuck in a cave. And I was like, oh, okay, it's a two and a half hour long movie. I can watch this and split it up into a few nights. Man, I got sucked in and I was up way way past my bedtime watching that movie. If you want a good movie, it's good, right? It's worth worth the watch. Uh, Number two dumb thing that I did this month, eat too many fast food meals, and can we get a drum roll, please? The number one dumb thing that Pastor Kyle did this month was not pray. I didn't pray as much as I wanted to. I didn't pray as much as I needed to. I didn't pray as much as I wish I did. Well, this entire list is true, and it's kind of filled with some funny things, truthfully, the more that I have studied prayer, the more that I'm convinced that the single dumbest thing that I do and other Christians do on a regular basis is skip out on our prayer time. The number one thing on my stupidity list is preempting prayer for more pressing matters, right? Far too many times I've nudged prayer aside off of my to-do list, neglected to do prayer because of more urgent matters. And I know you're busy. I know I am busy. I know that in our current world today, our most precious commodity is our time. We are all busy We don't have enough time to rest. We don't have enough time to exercise. We don't have enough time to build good relationships. I don't have enough time to call my mom back home, if you ask her at least. I mean, I know we are all super busy. I think that you'd agree with this next statement. If I were to ask you all in a one-on-one sit-down conversation and say, how are you doing? How are you really doing. Almost everybody in the room would respond in virtually the exact same way. We would say some version of the statement, good, good, but busy. For most of us, the word busy has become the new happy. 
Instead of telling people I'm doing well, I'm really good, I'm happy, we tell them that we are busy. So I have a really serious question for you today. Not one that I want you to answer out loud here, but maybe one that you need to spend some time thinking on. Maybe pondering about this, maybe discussing it on the ride home. And that question is this, where does God fit into a life that is already way behind schedule and busy? Let me ask that again. Where does God fit into a life that is already way behind schedule and altogether too busy? Where does connecting to God, hearing from our Creator, knowing and being known in a relationship with God fit into our busy schedule? For most of us, myself included, it's that busyness that causes us to preempt or postpone or put on the back burner our prayer time, connecting to God, talking to God, and hearing from God. For far too many of us, we treat prayer, our time to connect with God, to talk to God, and to hear from God, as if it's similar to flossing our teeth. It's something we know we ought to do. We know that it is good for us, but we don't do it as often as we should. But what I'm slowly beginning to realize is that prayer is a whole lot less like flossing my teeth and a whole lot more like breathing. You see, breathing, it's not optional, right? Breathing isn't optional if we want to continue to live. And this is a statement that I want you to take home with you today. Prayer is not optional if you want to stay alive spiritually. Prayer is not optional if you want to stay alive spiritually. What I'm trying to do in my own life and what I'm hoping I can do for everybody who is here today is moving us all from thinking that we are too busy to pray to moving to knowing that we are indeed too busy not to pray. We're too busy not to pray and I believe this is a big shift for many of us in our lives. Here are three reasons that I believe that none of us sorry, none of us are too busy to pray. Instead, I believe that all of us are too busy not to pray for a few reasons. The first one is that we're too busy not to pray because Jesus did it. Jesus prayed and he told me to pray and he told you to pray as well. No matter how busy Jesus got... He still took time to pray. All throughout scripture, Jesus clung to prayer as if it was his lifeline, his connection to the Father up above. The gospels are full of these recordings of Jesus sneaking away at all sorts of times to pray. In Mark chapter 1 verse 35 we read, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up. He left the house and went off to a solitary place to pray. Jesus got up before the sun. I don't even know what that's like, but Jesus did it. When when Jesus got incredibly busy, overwhelmed by the people around him, he still took time to pray. When the crowds relentlessly harassed him for more miracles and more teaching, we see it in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Or 23, and having dismissed the crowds, 
He went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. And evening having arrived, he was there alone. When Jesus had an important decision to make, he prayed. Prior to performing a miracle, he prayed. Before facing the cross, Jesus prayed. The bottom line that I want us to see today is that whenever life was important, Jesus flooded heaven with prayers. Jesus never, never ever preempted anything here on this earth for time to talk to the Father. Jesus knew the Father in heaven personally. He knew the Father heard prayers from here on earth. And he knew the Father was capable of doing all things. So Jesus prayed all the time. And I believe he calls us to do the same. He urges us to make prayer a priority in our life. The second reason that I believe that we are too busy not to pray is because you were made to pray. Did you know that? You were created, you were designed for prayer. Just like the birds of the air were made to fly and the fish of the sea were born to swim and teenagers were made to talk back to their parents. You can see what happened at my house recently, right? But you were made for a relationship with God. You were made, designed, created for a relationship with God, made to connect with God. We have a longing inside of each and every one of us to connect to our Creator, and the very best way to do that is to communicate with Him. Anybody remember the 1980 Winter Olympics? I wasn't born yet. Anybody in the room remember watching the 19... Okay, a couple people. How about, have you watched the movie Miracle on Ice? Okay, a few more hands are going to go up. In this story, the Miracle on Ice, the USA hockey team was going to be playing the heavily favored Soviet hockey team. And before the game, Herb Brooks, the coach of the U.S. hockey team, gathered this group of young college-age boys in the locker room before they were going to go and play the professional Russian hockey team that was favored to win by a ton. And before the game, he looked at each and every player in that locker room and he told them, boys, you were born to be hockey players. You were meant for a time like this. And I want to look at each and every one of you in this room today and tell you, guys and gals, you were created for a connection with Jesus. Every one of you was created for a relationship with Jesus. You were made for God. And the best way to connect with him is by communicating with him. Scripture tells us this in the book of Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 we read this for in him all things were created things in heaven and things on earth the visible and the invisible whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities all things have been created through him and for him you are a part of all things you were created through him and for him And without prayer in our lives, 
We don't have a connection. We don't have contact with God. I believe that without prayer in our lives, we can't talk to God and we can't hear from God. We're incomplete because we were created for this relationship. So when we go days, weeks, months without communicating to our Creator, we are leaving ourselves as incomplete creations. You were designed by God for a relationship with God. The third thing that I believe shows us that we are too busy not to pray. Now, I want to encourage you, uh, we're going to go through a little bit of a longer section of Scripture here. If you have your Bible with you, you can take it out. If you've got your Bible app on your phone, you can take it out and open it to Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to get there in just a minute. But before we do... I want to tell you this. Third, the third reason that I believe that we are too busy not to pray is because Satan exists. Satan exists and Satan defeats me and Satan defeats you when we don't pray. Satan is real and he is seeking to destroy our lives. Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 reads like this. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say that you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says it like this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So Satan is not only real and seeking to destroy our lives, but Satan has power over us to tempt us. Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 to 4 reads like this, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Number one, I said that Satan is real and seeking to destroy our lives. Second, we said that Satan has power in our lives to tempt us. And third, the third proof that Satan is real and seeking to destroy us is that, God, that Satan is real He is tempting us, and we can fight him with the spiritual weapon. With the spiritual weapon to overcome whatever temptation he is putting before you, and that spiritual weapon, one of them, is prayer. Here's that longer section from Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against the flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of darkness in this world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand... 
Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God or the Bible, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. What's clear to me in this section of Scripture is that Satan is real, and we are in the midst of a spiritual battle. Right here, right now, in this room, in Eau Claire, in Wisconsin, in the United States, in this world, we are in a spiritual battle. Our battle isn't with our kids. Our battle isn't with our professors at school. It isn't with those who oppose us politically. It isn't even with those who post crazy things on social media that we feel like we have to respond to. Our battle isn't with them. Our battle is not with our spouse or our boss or the bad driver in the other lane. Our battle is not even with the addictions that seem to be winning with alcoholism or or pornography or our ex-spouse that parents very differently than us. Our battle isn't with any of those things. Our battle is with the evil spiritual powers at work in our world. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to scare you by bringing this up. Instead, I'm actually just trying to prepare you. We are in the battle of our lives. We are in a battle with evil spiritual powers that are at work around us all day, every day. 1 Peter 5.8 says it like this. Be careful. Watch out for attacks from the devil. He is your great enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Every day we're in this spiritual battlefield. We're in this spiritual combat zone and we don't fight spiritual battles with physical weapons. Instead, we need to fight spiritual battles with spiritual weapons. We don't fight spiritual battles here on earth with self-help books. We don't fight spiritual battles here on earth by listening to motivational podcasts. We don't fight it with willpower. We don't fight it with social media posts. We don't fight it by blasting others publicly. Instead, we need to go into these spiritual battlefields with the spiritual weapons that God has given to us. In Ephesians, he called it the armor of God. God has given us an arsenal of spiritual weapons to fight these spiritual battles. God doesn't throw us into this battle unready, unarmed. Instead, he gives us the armor of God. God provides us with everything we need to fight off these spiritual battles, but are we willing to put it on? Are we willing to wear it? We need God's word. We need prayer because it connects us to the one who will fight and win every battle in our honor. 
You see, Satan uses deception to tempt us. Satan is known as the father of lies. Satan uses lies to tempt us to follow him. Lies laced with little bits of the truth to make you believe them. But the real truth? The real truth is found in God's word. The real truth is inside the pages of your scripture. It is the Bible that keeps us on track. It helps us to hear from God, to know him, and to win these spiritual battles. It helps us to see that those lies that Satan tempts you with are indeed lies. They are far from the truth. The Bible helps us discern the enemy's deceitfulness. And the second weapon that we need is prayer. Prayer, the sword of the Spirit, is essential to us surviving these spiritual battles. So just how essential is prayer to a follower of Christ? Well, I'd say it compares to breathing. It compares to all sorts of other essential things in this world. How essential is proper clothing in a sub-zero Wisconsin winter day? How essential is a parachute to a skydiver, an air tank to a scuba diver, a helmet to an NFL player, brakes to a NASCAR driver, protective goggles to a welder. How essential is prayer to the follower of Christ? I'd say our survival depends on it. Our livelihood depends on it. Without prayer, we end up weak, addicted, undisciplined, and defeated by sin and temptation in our life. So as we close out our time together today, as we close out our time together today, it's my hope that we will all leave this room desiring to go to God in prayer, to utilize one of God's weapons, his spiritual weapons that he has armed you and me with to fight these spiritual battles. Truthfully, we can't win these spiritual battles unless we use these spiritual weapons as followers of Jesus. I believe that we advance the kingdom by fighting and winning these spiritual battles through dropping to our knees communicating with our creator and allowing him to communicate to us. So I want to leave you with a question. How's your battle going? How is your battle going? Are you experiencing victory over temptation? Are you experiencing victory over the lies and deceitfulness that Satan is putting into your life? Church, I believe that the truth that we need to realize today is that we are not too busy to pray. Instead, we're too busy not to pray. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for today. God, I thank you that you give us the weapons necessary to win each and every battle That we encounter. God, I thank you that you have given us a desire inside of us, that you have created us for a connection with you, and you have given us the tool to connect with you prayer. 
God, I pray that as we stand to our feet and as we walk to our vehicles or walk to our houses, God, I pray that you impress upon us the need to know you and be known through prayer. God bless us today in Jesus' name. Amen.